Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two, wake up, wake up. This is the Get Up Podcast, and we are here for another ye- another year. Why would I get to say that? We are here for another episode uh, here at the Get Up Podcast. <laughs> we got S. Dot over here, and I'm actually also on IG, uh, just trying to get our content up. We got Ty also in the studio, and Farrell is on the aux cord as normal. <laughs> but uh, S. Dot, what's up, brother? Uh, chilling, chilling, man. Just got through my uh, engagement party last night. So Dope time. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, you probably hear it in my voice. I'm like tired. The weekend. I'm just like, yo, I need to get some sleep. <laughs> get rid of family shit. You know. It was um, it definitely was a a busy weekend. Farrell, how's your weekend? I mean, Farrell came down from Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. We got to see him for one day. <clears throat> yeah, Farrell came down real quick. Honestly, I had a, I think I had a pretty decent weekend. I came down, got to run a mom errand, uh, went and hung out with my girl's father for a little while. That was pretty cool. Uh, got to see uh, Spencer at his engagement party. That was popping. And then drove back. It was nice to get out of Rhode Island for a bit and did a little dash of New York, even though it was kind of like a blitz. Like you can just say, I just took shots of New York real quick. It was, um, a, yeah, it was a real, a real quick snapshot. And then, and you, but it was good, brother. I can't complain. No, that is, that is good. Um, I mean, just kind of, we're segueing this week um, from what we had, not segueing, but continuing, should I say, um, from last week. Uh, so last. Uh, podcast we spoke about uh, like the Kavanaugh hearing and um, Dr. Um, uh, Ford uh, and her testimony um, there during the hearing and now um, we just of course we received word this week was it actually they had the Saturday it was Saturday it was just yesterday since we're recording this on Sunday we just uh, got the unfortunate news that uh, Brett Kavanaugh is now in the Supreme Court. Um, Senator Collins, I was actually talking to Farrell yesterday at the engagement party a little predictable, bit. And, predictable news. And it was, and I mean, I was telling Farrell that it was, it was a valiant effort. <laughs> I think I said that, and actually in our uh, in our group, I think it was a valiant effort mm-hmm. by the Democrats um, to try and push this off. But I'm, I mean, majority rules, right? And we knew that this, like this, most likely was going to happen. But we had hope, and I told Pharaoh we had hope. <laughs> so it's like, so, and of course, Pharaoh was saying that. Um, I don't know, something in regards to like my hope aspect of uh, of things, where um, now the, like what the Democrats have done in the Senate, they've um, taken another L. Yeah, we've taken. I, I yeah. think. I think. Like I told you before, this was already lost. You can go back almost three to four podcasts ago, maybe not even maybe more than that. When I told you. This was never going to change anything. Mm. The courts are lost. Now we're focused on this, but no one's focused on the real issue, which is the new five four. Say, what's the new five four? Decision on everything. But so what? But, I mean, that's what we are focused on. That's why we didn't want him to get in there. Yeah, but it was lost when Trump picked the guy. When it was lost when Kennedy said he was retiring. Like, making all this heap about it didn't do anything. All you've done is given the Democrats another L. I don't know who this really is going to rile out votes for. And it's like, I feel bad mostly for the doctor. Like, if it had changed something, I'm like, yeah, this was good, you know? But this woman buried her soul to yeah. all of us. And the Congress is just shutting her face. Like, I, I'm just, it just, I just wish we hadn't gotten this hard for this, this particular so, thing when it was already lost. You know what I'm saying? I, um, so I think I have a different view on this in that I don't think that Democrats truly believe they were going to stop him from being on the court. I think the whole plan really was to a delay 
and B, make it look like Democrats are fighting because they hate that perception that they're extremely weak. So if this was a Republican Congress and Democrats were in charge, Republicans would have did every single thing possible to stop it, even if they weren't able to do that. So if you looked even at the the healthcare fight over the years that Obama was there, they voted on repealing Obamacare every like every other month. Like this every time they could, they voted on it. Like just to show that they were giving that effort to show that to their base. So I think that a lot of this was to try to rile up the liberal base so that in the midterms they'll show out because they think that they got steamrolled so hard. And I also think that it wasn't like a wasted effort like i don't believe that if we didn't have those hearings on um dr ford that mikowski would have switched so i do think that there was some there was some kind of good that came out of it but at the end of the day you had somebody who's supremely naive like susan collins um voting for this and also you have the one red state democrat um from west virginia also also voting for this so you know like Inevitability happen. Flake? No, 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 no. no. Um, why is his name? Munchin. Mansion. Joe Mansion. Yeah, Joe Mansion. Um, so yeah, you know, like at the end of the day, like this was going to happen, but I think that there was a a broader strategy at play. And um, and I'm actually glad we touched on a a few points. So Pharaoh brought up first. Um, I want to touch on three things. So who this riled up in regards to the base, right? So that also kind of uh, goes into what Estot said also with, um, you know, with, uh, you know, Susan Collins um, doing this, right? And also in regards to, um, we'll just actually go on that. I'm actually, I don't want to lose my point before it just escapes me. (laughs) I'm getting older now. Um, So I did hear um, when I was watching Morning Joe, I think this past week, that they were saying that the Republican base, for the most part, has now been a little riled up, where um, I believe there are more, um, or a poll was taken, uh, if they agreed with the Kavanaugh um, vote or not, and I believe at one point in time it was like 45% didn't agree and then of course the the remainder did agree or didn't agree mm-hmm. um but then i believe they were saying that somehow that it, you know with kavanaugh attempting to fight back last week and so forth or the week before that he um also did you know spur and rile up the republican base however with um dr ford coming out and you know bearing her soul she also was able to give that same voice to other women, the other three or four women that actually came out. I believe that there was a woman um, that didn't um, want to make her name known. I, I, and, I, and I'll try and find it at one point in time. Um, but she didn't want to make her, her name known. And then she actually just like put her name out you know, in public that Brett Kavanaugh did um, you know, sexually harass her when he was younger. So I believe that this has a... I believe that this has a good, this could have a good turnout in the midterms or for the midterms Mm -hmm. and also after. Yeah, we're taking these losses, as Pharaoh says. And I mean, we knew that this was going to be a loss. Like we were going into this for the most part, knowing that he's most, you know, he's going to get confirmed. But it was something to say, let's fight this. Because I was actually going to ask Pharaoh if we, if we didn't fight, like, what, what should we just have said? Let you know, go and I told you it's not that you didn't fight, it's just I feel like you fought the wrong narrative. You tried to destroy this guy's credibility when you should have been coming out the credibility of everything everything we know right now and what's going on about the Mueller case and what's going on with this president and the fact that we don't know if this guy is on Russia's side or not. You know what I'm saying? That's good enough reason not to consider any nominee by the president right now to these investigations are clear that's the narrative i would have preferred democrats taking instead of the one they took instead of like so the narrative and before you um before you say something um as that so the narrative that the democrats took was this time was that you know and really going heavy at his drinking and how um i would say uh 
you know, not like unpartial or impartial. He was not, should I say? So he was not like he could not be that neutral judge, and his temperament was ridiculously, you know, erroneous. Well, I mean, like, yeah, but everyone knew he was going to be a non-neutral judge. He's a conservative. It's five four, bro. Mm. Like it's over. The courts are lost. Yeah, like Lifetime. I think like the initial the initial storyline they were going with was that he was this kind of very extreme ideologue, and that he wasn't releasing all of his. You know all of his emails and all the the documents to the Democrats. Mm. So that was the first way they were trying to fight it, right? That he was kind of lying about how much of a neutral arbitrator he was going to be. Exactly. Um, and they also went after the fact that he doesn't believe that you can indict a president, you can indict a sitting president. So they were trying to use that one, but those things weren't really sticking. I mean, they were sticking to the um, Democratic base, anybody who's hardly paying attention, but nobody particularly cared about what they were doing because they understood how we understood it, which was that there was going to be another conservative on the court. Yeah. This was highly salacious in that it caught national attention. You know, when you start accusing a Supreme Court nominee of, you know, sexually assaulting people and um, having things like devil's triangles and, you know, running the <laughs> and train. And saying it on, was a, a You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so, so, like, that was more of a, a attention-grabbing headline way to go. Yeah. Like, I do believe what Farrell is saying is accurate in that that is a much more scary thought that a president who is in league with the Russia is packing the courts with judges who agree with them. That That is much more of a scary thing, but I don't think a lot of just regular people kind of identify with that. They don't particularly understand that, but they do understand like, oh, wow, you're, you know, running trains on women in, you know, in high school. And getting them like drunk, that, spiking that their up, punches you know, and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that picks up their attention. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I just think that at the end of the day, they were just trying to show that they were going to fight and get, you know, liberals riled up enough to start voting in And I think they did. In November. I think they did. I believe that um, they did get the Democratic base riled up, progressives riled up, women in general, riled up and i also believe that we have that the republicans doing this i believe they showed their ass in this particular move of what they did right chuck grassley and the rest of them i believe that they showed their ass in regards to them being old white men uh old traditional backwards how did they show hold on how did they show their ass any more now than when they denied Obama's last Supreme Court pick? Well, I how, believe how is this how is this any more ass? I believe this seems less ass than that. I believe that, and and the reason why, and and this is for I would say, and I'm just assuming it's all speculation, and you know, but I believe that when Obama was in uh, was in the chair, right, wasn't was in the White House, there weren't as many people from my perspective, that were really into politics, right? So, of course, them, the Republicans, uh, attempting to or and, you know, and stopping uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Obama Supreme Court pick, right? I believe that it was in the headlines, but not many people were actually paying attention to it. But now that there's so many, there's, there's more people you know, more viewers, more people actually, you know, down for, uh, you know, voting and looking into their politics and local governments and, you know, federal government and so forth. I believe that now is that they showed their ass more because of the attention that is being put, the spotlight that is really being put on this through all of the events that happened. Yeah. Unfortunately, the school shootings, the uh, uh, other mass shootings, I believe that this is, there. this is, the Republican old white men, like their backwards thinking and people are really seeing and women really seeing that these men really don't care about women by any means. No I, female rights. No, female. I think also um, there's just a lot of different contexts mm. in the two events. So if you were looking what was happening with Mitch McConnell um, holding up Merrick Garland, um, this wasn't a new tactic for him. He's been doing this ever since he became, um, you know, the the head of the Senate. Mm. He's been slowballing all of Obama's picks, not letting any of them through. I think he confirmed something like 22 in his last year. Um, so it wasn't even like a new tactic for him to do it. It was just like it's saying that somebody did it for the Supreme Court. Yeah. Also, everybody thought like who was going to be Hillary Clinton, right? Like who was going to be and Hillary Clinton? And not Donald Clinton. Trump. We all and then when Donald that, Trump yeah. came, everybody was like, okay, like whatever. Yeah, yeah like hold it's them easy. up so that like, Hillary Clinton can go there and slam some extra liberal judge down your throat for four years until mm. you did it. Yeah. So like everybody kind of didn't think it was that big of a deal until all of a sudden they had 
every single piece of power locked up. Yep. And then I think the cherry on top of it was that with the sexual assault allegation, you saw how they you saw how they treated the women. And they, this is a party you that's already yeah. losing everybody other than white males from Oklahoma. Mm. You know, like this is a party that's already losing minorities educated white women and you know black women everybody like they're all leaving this party in mass and this i feel like accelerated that a little yes. bit yes um because people just were so kind of disgusted in that you could have elected Anyone any other else. conservative judge but mm. you had to cram this one down just as a power play the only reason mitch mcconnell and trump did this is because they wanted to show that they could mm. that there's nothing you could do to stop mitch mcconnell if mitch mcconnell wants this person on the court he is on the court mm. like no matter what he yeah. does so i think that the context is a little bit different in that they show their ass in that like they just do not care they, about and they're really and we're really thinks. seeing that they don't care you know what i'm saying we're like really yeah, seeing they're gonna it. put down like you know joe you know what was his um Which more one? oh uh Roger Roy Moore Roy Moore, Roy Moore sorry, child yeah, like they're gonna put yeah. him on the court like yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah. who cares whatever happens yeah um so I think that in people seeing that it kind of is changing their perceptions a little bit about what party they truly want in power yeah and um also them explaining even their the lawyer uh that was or the prosecutor that was representing them as calling her the, their um their assistant or whatever the case is uh and just their their rhetoric just going through this entire process uh just them saying that and even donald trump going at going on national television saying oh they uh you know and slamming dr ford saying oh she can't um she can't recall the time can't recall the place all this stuff but we have you on tape saying that you grab people by the pussy so how are you here trying to you know slam her and 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 not really kind of come back to and- you know, I also Sexual think um, you, you, you can't overstate the fact that this was a white, educated mm. woman. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. she was like blonde hair. Like, you know, yeah. just like yeah. if they look at somebody like, you know, Anita Hill, right? This is like a, yeah. a black woman or yep. whatever. Like, okay, yeah, you know, these, these black women, yeah. they out here loose. <laughs> um, but, you know, when it was like doctor and, you know, Dr. Ford. Of Stanford. You know, yeah, yeah. From Stanford in Palo Alto. Yep. And they're like, yeah. Fuck you too. Mm. We're sending this guy to the court. Yeah, I don't go. care if him and his buddies ran the train on you and your mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> and your grandma. Yeah, yeah. We, we're putting them on the court. Like, they're like, they're looking at this like, wait, that that could have been me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So before when they're like, oh, I'm not Hillary Clinton, I wouldn't have dealt with that. But they're yeah. like, all oh, this girl did was go to a party. How many parties have that gone to? Yeah. Like this person was very relatable, and I don't think they they can't. You can overstate the impact that's going to have on educated white women. The huge, a, a huge impact. Like, I can be a doctor and yeah. tell the you know tell yeah. the Senate what. Happened and, to me, and everybody said care. that she was moving. Everybody said her care. testament mo- was moving. Her testimony was moving. Um, and this also kind of incredible as fuck. Incredible as fuck. Yeah. Like it was even like because even like as much as they could try to bury it, she came out with this in 2012. Uh, yeah, 2011, 2012. Yeah. And then before he was nominated, she gave the information yep. up. Yeah. Like it wasn't like this just came out the woodwork. Like she was trying hard to get somebody. So like anybody who's really watching this yeah. understands that part of the story, especially if you're a white woman. Yep. And they were really like a strong part of the Republican base is educated white women, especially the mm. ones who are married. Okay. But now they all see this woman in herself because you have ex- a explosion of women who are going to college. Oh yeah. So you have a much higher college graduate rate, and all these women are like, "Oh wait, I went to college." Yeah. Oh wait, I wanted to. Get and I see, education. and they most likely have and seen or had. I don't had think that's true. I don't think that's true anymore because I think there's also another portion of women who don't necessarily care about these things who also agree with who, the kind of the white man narrative because they were interviewing them on TV. I don't know how much percentage they make, but they're out there. We had it. We had it actually on. Uh, we had it on uh, the pod, last podcast yeah. where we recorded that lady with her two daughters saying, oh, isn't that just commonplace? You know, this just, just happened. You're, yeah. They're eight, 17, 18 years old. I actually saw a black man on my Facebook, and he was saying, I, you know, to, to the degree of I finally saw and caught up to, for the most part, with this uh, Supreme Court nominee pick. And he was like, why is it that they're charging her uh, or not charging? Basically charging him right with um you know a crime which they they weren't this was just this was actually just a job here or a job interview right um but he was saying why are they why are they um prosecuting him you know for something that he did in his like when he was 17 18 right Mm -hmm. so basically there are men 
and it, we can clearly see black men, white uh, white men. With you know, there are men out there who still agree that. Yeah, so what if you did something when you're 17, 18? Like, look at where you're at now and you're a different person. But when you're going up for the highest um, highest uh, court in the land, uh, you can't just begin any old particular job. But that almost now just speaks of rape culture and what all men actually feel about that. And certain yeah. men don't, re- don't agree, right? And also there are, like, I'm not saying, like, all white women are going to flip no, from the yeah, party at definitely all. not all cuz like we all clean, you clean really shit. need is to to drop it maybe to like a 42%. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you can just get you know what I'm saying the Republican party to the point where they are only winning around 44 46% of the white female vote, then they're really in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Cuz all they have is a majority This is of, where the numbers come into play. So like yeah. you know like it's just these small margins, but the fact of the matter is that if they cannot pull a majority Same thing with of 18 all and 24 white people, yeah. like if, if the Republican party cannot pull a majority of all white people. Mm. So if you look at like the Trump election, right? They want every single white category other than I think educated White, white women, women, exactly. I think that was like the one category they lost. Mm. But if they could lose white women in general, general yeah. then they're screwed because they have to win. They have to take the white vote in landslides in order to win elections. They also um, said. So yes. hold on. So let me get this right because I've been gathering what you're saying here is that yeah. if somehow Democrats can convince another three or four segments of white women to come over to their side because right now all the women is winning is smart white women (laughs) (laughs) they gonna have to work hard and that's gonna be a good way to to get the numbers to pry away from like this white middle oligarchy we got going on um it's all it relies on the other groups of white women yeah i mean i think that it is further because Look, if you look at the demographics already, Republicans don't have a majority anywhere, right? We always win popular votes. We don't win electoral college votes, which you always recognize is extremely important. But I think it becomes almost impossible for them to win if we can really crush their white women numbers. You're never going to take the white male vote away from Republicans because that's their party. They play white male um, identity politics to the max. Yeah. But white women, the way they're treating um, Ford... If you see them do that more and more times, you're going to start peeling off a lot more of that vote. And I think it can truly damage their party to a point where it's kind of be kind of irreconcilable um, for them to win anything. But they also said, um, I was actually, um, I heard this, that if you, if they even get 18 to 24 year olds, so they were saying, um, and Esa, you can um, help me out here with the statistics but they're saying that um what um what is the percentage of like 18 to 24 year old like voters like they of course they don't really vote right yeah yeah so they were saying if they could even increase that like five or ten percent that 18 to 24 year old like that could that will have waves of difference because uh, they don't vote in the midterms so with all of the Parkland students right now, yeah. that's why I'm saying, and that's why I was telling Farrah, I believe yesterday, that I believe that this is going to change. The midterms are going to change because of what all the all the situations that have happened, right? All the situations that um, with the Parkland, um, the Parkland um, students, with Las Vegas shooting, all of that. I believe that that will actually have a, a difference on it. Farrah, do you do you agree or or no? Because that's what I, I believe that if with all of these situations that have happened, the Republicans have um, oops, cheers. Um, we actually have uh, I'm just going to take a little break here. We have Ty who gave us uh, a, a nice little little Henny. Me, a little Henny. Thank you, brother. Smooth out the yeah, conversation. Exactly. Smooth out the conversation. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's 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 the CEO right there. PVA Studios. Make sure you check him out um, at PVA Entertainment. Um, but yeah, so Farrell, um, I'm just going to go back to that. So do you believe with everything, all these scenarios happening, right? So we just had the Supreme Court nominee um, uh, pick, right, that riled up the base. We also are having all of these uh, the sexual harassment allegations and, um, uh, and so forth. We have the Parkland, the, the school shootings and all that. Do you, like, don't you believe that that, will, that has spurred and has you know, riled up uh, you know, the Democratic base enough to win in the midterms? No, no, I don't. Why is that though? 
because like because all- you're asking for a miracle. You're asking a, a like you're asking like you're just asking for something that's never happened to happen. And you're asking it to happen at a time of very high complacency. And I think you're seeing people complain louder. And sure, there's a little more people complaining than there were before. But no one's saying there's been record numbers of people registering to vote. I haven't seen that. Mm. So right. well, it's coming fair, up because well, we're a month away. So fair, fair so I just, fair, I just not, I'm not seeing the ground stuff that says it's going to happen. I'm just hearing everyone saying, "Oh, it looks like this is the mic." Based on where the complaints are, a lot of people are tweeting and that. Based on how we're doing the polls, I don't always think there's a correlation with polling and turnout when people actually need to vote. And I think that's a fair hesitation. For anyone paying attention. So, Pharaoh, um, do you believe that we'll be able, um, liberals will be able to take the House? I just want to get possible, a possible, yes, probable, no, probable, no. Okay, the Senate. Possible, yes, probable. <laughs> very more probable, no. <laughs> Okay, cool. I want to get because I feel like we've been, um, you know, going back and forth over this for the entirety like if, of the podcast. If Democrats take the house, if Democrats take the house, that'll be for me. I'll be like, you're right. You know me. If you're right, you're right. But I'm not gonna fall in love until you show me you can bring home the bacon. That's not me. <laughs> he's, that's a, he's, Nobody, he's, you're not gonna sit here and smooth me with candy word and honey wins. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> uh, I think I'm like more excited about this just because like me and Pharaoh have been arguing over this for the past two years. That's true. And now it's like time to to cast the checks. So um, <laughs> he said, cash the checks. I'll say this. I. I'll almost, you know, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I, I am almost solidly sure that Democrats will take the House. I think so. Um, the All Senate. Right. The Senate is a is a more of a task, you think? I, I, I would be like you on the Senate, where I would be very, very pleasantly surprised if it happened, but I, I don't see it. And that we have to defend so many more seats than Republicans do, and in so many red states. Like, we're going to have to take... Nevada, Arizona, and that's if we hold every single Democratic seat. If we lose one, we have to win in Texas, yeah. which is going to be like, you know, like a, a miracle. Um, so, like, I don't know about the Senate. I think that's a, a long shot, but I, I am confident in the House. My biggest problem right now is I just don't see where the wave is going to come from. What demographic of people is bringing the wave? You know what I'm saying? Because it's definitely not I, black. Folks. I think it's coming from all over. I think it's coming from all over. 18 to 24 yeah, year olds. Yeah, that's not good enough. That's what you said about Hillary Clinton. You said she got to get votes from all over. And well, we, but no, there's such a didn't. difference. So I, I believe that you're, yeah, I believe that you're not like, but taking see, into even account. Trump, you, know what, you know what Trump won on? Dumb white people. I mean, but there's oh, those dumb white people are always going to be there, though. But I, I don't yeah, believe there's no, going to be as more much dumb white or people as many. Voted for, more dumb white people turned out for him than turned out in previous election. I mean, that's true. I give you that. that so you, you, every group has to have that demographic that just brings a surge. Mm. I'm not seeing who's bringing the surge, bro. Just, 18 just to 24 year olds, women. I'm saying young people and women. The, yeah, I, young people and women. Yeah, but I've been talking to like some of the strategists and people who do the polling places and stuff, and they're like a little worried about what's happening on the ground. Democrats don't have a 50-state strategy. It's not very unified. Each campaign person is running their own campaign by themselves. It's like not very organized. Mm. So you're going to – I just don't see it, bro. I don't see the general focus in the singular campaigning. Can you, can you do me a favor? Can you do me a stuff? favor? Can you try and get one of those people that you speak to? Do you think that they would be they would like to be on this podcast so we can actually talk to them? Because that would be a no, really good probably. Hmm? Maybe I'll you, try. Do you think they would be? Down I have a for fundraiser. It? I have a fundraiser, bro. Who's more likely to talk? I, well, I mean, he but, doesn't even need to come into the studio. We can have him on the on the phone. No, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah but do you want to do this on the show? Yeah. 
He can be a guest. No, I mean like this conversation. Yeah, no, it's fine. This is this is this is just this is just extra content. (laughs) Just extra content. But um, no, it was just a little a little sidestep there. Just a little sidestep. We're gonna get right back into it. Uh, But we'll see what happens during the midterms, man. I mean, so unfortunately, yeah, Kavanaugh was uh, you know, um, he was selected and confirmed to be the um, next Supreme Court um, judge. Uh, And when does his um, Essa? When does his I think it starts next year. It's like, okay, so January. So we have a few few months, but I mean, this is this is a lifetime appointment, right? Just as as we know, this is a lifetime appointment. Appointment. There's uh, there's um, unless another judge somehow. But even if another judge steps down at this point in time, you know, um, you know, I, it, we're we're gonna see what happens. But I but the I'm next actually, judge to step down will be a Democrat. Will be one of the liberal judges. Mm. That's easily the most likely thing to happen. Unless- well, the only other liberal judge that would be stepping down would be Ginsburg, right? Yeah. She's the only one who's really old. Really old, yeah. Who's, yeah. The, other, who's the other liberal judge that's old? You have Keegan, you have Sotomayor. There's one more. Who's the other liberal judge? There's one more. God, I'm not too sure. Wow, is this a young court now? Yeah, you have, because Obama got two picks. He picked Sotomayor, he picked um, Keegan. Two women. Yeah. And um, you already had, um, you know, RBG on there. I just forget who's the, there's one more liberal judge. Um, yeah, we'll look that up and see what else. Um, but um, I actually wanted to kind of get into the aspect of now, the real the realization that Kavanaugh is on the Supreme Court, right? So now that all of this has come out, he has the job, right? He got the job. He got his starting date. He's signing all his papers and what he needs to do to start this job. But now that his now that his his um what uh re- his personality, not personality, but his reputation has been so tainted. What, what does any has anybody read into like what Farrah, have you read into what this could mean for him uh now that we see that he's not, you know, a a, a partial judge, right? I he, mean, last time with Clarence Thomas just shut his ass up. He never wrote a dissertation or he never wrote any of those like responses or, or things. He never really said anything. He never really ever asked questions. After that, he shut his mouth. He was just a vote. Yeah. That's what I'm so, that's what I'm thinking I is mean, that they were saying that um, you know, with uh with with his um, reputation being so tainted now what what is he gonna yeah i think um you know i'm gonna sell liberal dreams here go ahead it's uh, right. I, do, <laughs> I do it all the time but um i i think that i i do think that kavanaugh in his heart really truly believed himself to be one of these impartial i'm just gonna look at the law and judge by you know the the letter of the law type of judge and when all this happened it Tarnish's name to the point where maybe he might try to overcorrect for a while. Mm. Like maybe he'll try to like really be like try to like salvage his reputation because he knows that the majority of the the country does not believe him to be anything other than a partisan hack. There you go. Um, He's so, not credible anymore. And I think that like he, you know, like sometimes you create a an ethos or like a myth about yourself that you truly believe in, even though it's a lie. Yeah. So I think that's kind of that may be something that happens to him. But also he could get on the court and just be like, yeah, you know, I'm just voting Republican every single time. Okay. So like you you never know what's going to happen, but okay. you know this type of guy who's going to try to get rid of Roe v. Wade. He's going to overturn aspects of and the affordable and didn't Senator Collins say that she doesn't believe that he's going to overturn like that's another thing I actually want to kind of get your guys um, thoughts on why Senator Collins decided to who is the senator from Maine who why did she decide to go to vote for him she's she's voting against her own she's voting against her own interest like fair actually me um, um, you and I were speaking of this yesterday why do you think that Senator Collins went went for this guy her being I mean not to say that she has to go for um you know, women's rights and stuff like that. But I mean, you, you kind of have to, you're a woman. Like, why would you not align yourself with your interests? Like, and especially the backlash. Maybe what you define as someone's interest is not what they define as their own interests. I mean, very true. Even black people at some point had a hard time breaking away from what was right for them and what they were used to being right for them. I mean, we still do now, unfortunately. I think the, thing that annoys me the most about I'm trying to find um, right now about Susan it. Collins is that it's one thing to not understand it's one thing to like have a, a disconnect between what I understand as your interest and what they understand as her interest exactly but she states her interests and then votes against it 
So it'd be like, you know, if you were like, wow, like, you know, I'm really poor. I really need help from the government, but I'm going to vote against government assistance. Like, that is exactly what she did. Yeah. She was like, oh, I believe this woman and, you know, I believe in the Me Too movement and I am a pro-choice, you know, um, you know, I'm a pro-choice person. But I believe that this guy who has done nothing at all to show any form of bipartisanship or judicial restraint by no means shape and to the court because i think that he's going to be impartial and stick to the letter of the law Mm. like it was just a moronic viewing of what actually happened and i i don't know i think she was trying to be a fair arbitrator to the point where she was being naive and ridiculous and that's what you you get out of that they already said that they're gonna look to vote her ass out and i believe that i believe they should oh so um there's a site that was raising money for Susan Collins' replacement. Yeah. And the day she voted for that, there was so much traffic to it that it crashed. Oh, shit. <laughs> this that was, so that was the site. That's what I. That's exactly what I heard. Um, God, I should withdraw. Yeah, so, and um, I was actually reading the senator from um, Hawaii. I think she slammed her um, also. I think Senator Collins really just fucked herself. Just by doing this, this is an idiotic and it's move. not it's it's not that she has to go with the wave, right? You don't have to go with either wave, but when it comes to something of like sexual, you know, harassment, you being a woman, like what? I don't know. I mean, I I may I be just, putting too much on the fact that I'm thinking that a woman should vote or anybody, right? Not just a woman, but anybody should vote with for the most part within their interests or for their interests. But as Farrell just said, you know, even you know, even the black black community doesn't vote for you know in their best interest for the most part. I don't know. I just think she got up on the she got up and gave a floor speech to the Senate that just made her look like an idiot. Mm. Just like, oh yeah, there was an FBI investigation and it didn't have corroborating evidence. Yeah, I'm sure like the Trump um Mitch McConnell investigation from the FBI didn't turn up the evidence that you wanted. They didn't even you vote know? all the people I mean vote they didn't even um interview most of the they didn't uh, interview people. Ford. Yeah. They didn't interview they didn't Florida even- Kavanaugh. Oh, they didn't. No. Oh, like shit. so you know what I'm saying? Like you get up there and you say something like that and then you say like, "Oh, I believe like he's going to be an impartial um fair judge when he gets up there and starts yelling about the Clintons on a on a televised testimony." Yeah. Like you 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 against all evidence to the counter, you look at this and you you view something different mm. and you get up there and you say it with conviction <laughs> and you go up there and like, Mr. Trump, Mr. Pussy Grabbing Trump, I'm voting for your candidate. Oh, and I'm pardon me too. What kind of dumb ass have it both human ways. being yeah. are you? I just want to like... <laughs> you can't have show, it both I'm, ways. Yeah, I'm just, Old white people, I'm trying to tell you, they need to get out this court, man. They need to get out the Congress. We need to start getting some, you know, some, you know, a diverse cast in there because when you start having... Uh, you know, Susan Collins over here saying that I'm so one, I agree with, I agree with the Me Too movement. I am part, I am part of the Me Too movement potentially. She may have not said that verbatim, but, uh, um, and then she's also saying that, uh, she is, um, you know, uh, uh, pro choice, right? But then voting for somebody who is against all of that and who apparently has seen, has been shown to, you know, uh, to to uh, state the the adverse of what you're what you want to go for or what you're actually believe in. So we'll see what happens. I want to see what happens with that website though, because I believe that they should get her out. I and I believe that I'm hoping that in Iowa, I think that's where Chuck Grassley's from. Is it Iowa? I think we were saying. Yeah. Um. I I believe that they all like all of these states. I'm really hoping that they see exactly what happened within this um within this hearing and what happened with Brett Kavanaugh. And I do hope that they vote with their interests and not saying that, um, that, you know, because somebody did something when they were 17, 18 should give them the right to be in the highest court and have a job. But normally when, if something like this happened in any sort of regular job, you would not be getting the job. So if this doesn't happen in a regular schmegular degular sort of job, how is this that this is able to happen in a, 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 for a job that is the highest court, the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land? That's ridiculous. I mean, just what happened to like shame in our politics? You know, like back in the day, if some shit like this happened to you, you resigned. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you did. Like mm-hmm. somebody came out, was like, "Yo, you rate me when this get." You was nah, like, I, "Yo, look, I don't, I don't want to sully the court. Yeah. I don't want to sully the Senate. You know, I'm a backup, yeah. even if the the allegations aren't true. And I feel like I just don't want to mess up." The days of the humble gentleman have died. <laughs> Where yep. is that? Yeah, 
Yeah. The days of the humble gentleman have long died. That's that. I don't even know what to tell you. And that's what that's what's different about this point in time than the last point in time in American politics. These motherfuckers got no shame. <laughs> Who raised these motherfuckers? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't care. Like, they got you on tape smacking your wife up. They're like, I ain't resigning. I- <laughs> Kick me out. <laughs> yeah, I smacked it. You want to get smacked too? Oh, I just better vote for him then. Oh, shit. It looked like it's okay. Smack it's up like- the whole Senate. Y'all don't vote for me, y'all. Mm. I mean, it's just crazy nowadays. This, like, um, there, this like- is what I'm wondering. I mean, kind of just you guys going off of that and just um, also, uh, you know, what we spoke about uh, regarding Brett Kavanaugh and him being, you know, affluent and him or, you know, growing up affluent and, of course, you know, still being the rich white man that he is. I kind of want to, like, segue over to Donald Trump and with that New York Times op-ed, right? So this millionaire affluent white guy is now the uh, president of the United States. We see exactly how he acts, right? And if he he feels as though he has a right to be in certain places, he has a right to do what he does. Can we speak to, can we speak to, so if you have money, you feel like you can just do anything and everything at the, or you should be able to do anything and everything? Like, Pharaoh, like, what do we say in regards to, or what do you believe or think in regards to, you know, these rich, affluent white men, you know, that feel like they can do anything? Because this New York Times op-ed uh, definitely, you know, uh, you know, shed a light on, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the shed a light. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're as, as long as they're gonna not gonna be any regular acting white men, they're gonna stand up and stop them. They're gonna run the world, bro. Let me tell you, yeah. there's not enough people in the system who think differently than them opposing them, and there's not enough people at the bottom of the system not looking up to them like gods who will challenge them. So this is the fucking narrative of the modern era. People fucking want to be rich. And are fucking dumb about it. Like, it's not that they want to be rich. They're dreaming. Their heroes aren't people they should be following. And they're, like, feeding into their heroes being able to live this greedy life they want. It's like a parasite in a symbiotic organism at the same time. And it's ridiculous. But I think that also, like, if you look at Trump and the hero worship that all these poor um, white people have for him... Um, it's all based on a lie, and it's based on so like there's a video of um, uh, what's what's Marco Rubio, Mark Rubio. Oh yeah, and um, he's talking to a crowd of people, and goes, "There's no poor people in America. There's the rich, and there's the soon to be rich." And um, that's kind of like the lie Republicans sell people, and it's just these people who are stupid enough to believe it. They feel like they can become Trump by being part of his bandwagon, by being part of his. True, and they don't understand that the reason Trump is wealthy is not because he worked so hard and he was so innovative and if you could just follow his lead, you would get there. The reason he's rich is because his family was rich. His father was rich. He passed it down to him. If you want to see the biggest indicator of wealth in America is if your parents are rich. Not if you're smart, could we consider not if you're him the 1%? Go to college. Oh, definitely. He's part of the 1%. But it's just like... Like wealth right now is being calcified into specific stratas within America, and it's very hard to leave those stratas. And it's not because you're not innovative enough; it's just because money sticks to people who already have it, and you're voting for a party that gets rid of all the redistribution measures. Yep. And that's what you're voting against when you vote against things like welfare reform. When you vote against things like healthcare, what you're doing is you're letting the money sit where it's at, and you're not redistributing it to people who need it. Who need it? Yeah. Why? Poor Republican voters in Tennessee. So they're saying, so this New York Times op-ed titled Trump engaged in suspect tax uh, schemas. He reaped riches from his father. Excuse me. So they said that the president has long sold himself as a self-made billionaire. Um, Basically that um, he received... $1 $1 million from his father, and he turned the $1 million into $1 billion. <laughs> But the New York Times investigation found that he received at least $413 million in today's dollars from his father's real estate empire, much of through um, tax dodges in the 1990s. So basically, Trump, during the 1990s, um, his father... And, and, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did they say he received that money, or the money he received is compared to that amount of money? 
He re so yeah, so he re so I would say the latter. So he received he received money that in today's dollars would equate to four hundred and thirteen million. So he didn't receive. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he that's didn't a liberal. That's a that's a circle Don't do that. What? Oh, so, I mean, like they said that like he, he, he got what he got. And he turned it into one thing. And people were like, oh, but if you can rationalize today's money and that, like, no, no, numbers are numbers, bitch. He took one value of numbers and turned it into other values. If that's but true, he that's didn't, true. he didn't take, but he didn't take one value of number then. So basically, and, uh, and let me actually kind of go through. I, I, I took a couple of uh Are you saying they're notes. valuing his wealth in today's time and not by the time in which he made his wealth? Is that what no, you're saying? No, no, no. So, um... So with this money, right, that that his dad and himself, basically, or his dad made, not he he made, but his dad made, and I actually want to break this down to you, Pharaoh, too. So it says that he and his siblings set up a sham corporation to disguise millions of dollars in gifts from their parents, records, and interview shows. Rec um, records indicate that Mr. Trump helped his father take improper tax deductions worth millions more. He also helped formulate a strategy to undervalue his parents' real estate holdings by hundreds of millions of dollars on tax returns sharply reducing the tax bill when those properties were transferred to him and his siblings right so oh and pharaoh um if you can mute that we can hear that that background but um it's saying that uh trump's F Fred, basically Fred Trump and Mary Trump transferred well over one billion dollars in wealth to their children, which had co which could have produced a tax bill of at least five hundred and fifty million under the fifty five percent tax rate um, then imposed on gifts and inheritance. Right. So with with. So Trump didn't receive just uh, shitty. Yeah, so he just he just didn't receive a million dollars from his dad, and he and and as he says, he had to pay it back with interest. No, his dad set his dad set up basically three trust funds for him. Like Trump and it, it, Trump himself had three trust funds, and his siblings ha had trust funds that that um uh that his father gave him i'm actually trying to look down i think esta and i uh were reading it but i actually kind of just want to go through this a little bit more they said by the age of three trump mr trump quote unquote right so actually quote by age three mr trump was earning two hundred thousand dollars a year into it says in today's dollars and i understand fair you were saying that well, but i'm just kind I of going throw, through yeah throw a quick caveat on that so the reason why you do that is because you have to take out the amount of inflation and um interest earned on the money okay so basically like if i have ten dollars today it's not worth the same amount as ten dollars in a year from now okay and the reason why you have to show it in today's dollars is because if you show a amount 20 years ago and you show it today you're going to get a lot of noise because that money just grows out of the fact that money grows over time so if you look at like a three percent inflation rate and you take that over time and you just add that up it'll look like somebody made like you know a million dollars now and then if you just added on the inflation, inflation. now they have like two million dollars i got it's like, oh i made two million no yeah there was this inflation now okay. you have two million dollars okay so that's the reason why they do that so you can see an actual comparison without all that white noise of mm. what happens over time in I got you. The suspension of the market. So is this? So it, it's a fair thing for them to do. It's to, a fair thing to do because it makes you understand the numbers more. Okay. All right. So he said, of course. So by age three, he was making two. He was earning two hundred thousand dollars a year. He was a millionaire by age eight. By the time he was seventeen, his father had given him part ownership of a fifty-two unit apartment building. Soon after Mr. Trump graduated from college, he was receiving the equivalent of $1 million a year from his father. The money increased with the years to more than $5 million annually in his 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. Like, goddamn, that is a lot of motherfucking money. <laughs> by age three, he was making $200,000. By 17, by, eight, by age eight, you were a millionaire. From all of the stuff that Fred Trump actually gave, they said Fred Trump's real estate empire was not just scores of apartment buildings. It was also a mountain of cash, tens of millions of dollars in profits building up inside his businesses. Um, banking records show in one six-year span from 1988 through 1993, Fred Trump reported $109.7 million in total income, now equivalent to $210.7 million. It was not unusual for tens of millions in treasury bills and certificates of deposit to flow through his personal bank accounts each month <clears throat> so it, so his and i was actually um we were speaking of this earlier i think Esther and I, and also with ty um that 
Fred Trump was the hard, he was the hard worker. And, and I know, of course, they said in uh, in here that Fred Trump kind of like coined that phrase, uh, you know, you sleep when you're dead, like, you know, that where you where you don't need to sleep, you can just, you know, keep working or whatever the case may have been. Um, I know I was just trying to see. Uh, oh, yeah. So I so kind of just tailoring off in regards to like uh, Fred Trump and, and so forth, just to kind of describe him in the New York Times op ed. They said before Fred Trump turned 20, Fred Trump had already built and sold his first home. At age 35, he was building hundreds of houses a year in Brooklyn and Queens. And by 45, he was building some of the biggest apartment complexes in the country. So he was a hard worker. He was an extremely hard worker. Uh, even at one point in time, uh, the American Builder magazine in 1940 40 actually headlined Fred Trump to be the biggest one-man building show. Uh, and I know, Esta, you were talking about that, too. They were saying he is, they were saying in that, um, that particular uh, American Builders magazine that he is his own purchasing agent, cashier, paymaster, building uh, superintendent, construction engineer, sales director, um, it just seemed like he was just the overall, yeah. you know, gusto, so to speak. I mean, they said about him basically that he was like the Henry Ford of um, mm, uh, of real estate. Real estate. Yep. And um, basically they said this because he found ways to mass produce houses. So yeah. while one person would maybe, you know, have one housing development, he would take a block and just find a way to mass produce all of the houses on that block. So mm -hmm. his dad was very innovative and made a ton of money doing that. And what he did was he just took all that money and gave it to his children because that's what most people do. Um, the thing about Trump is that Trump wants to have that ethos. He wants to have that self-made millionaire ethos. And really what he is is somebody who took a lot of money from his parents. I mean, if you look at the amount of money that his parents gave him, um, if he did nothing other than sit that in an index fund and live his life, he would probably have more money than he does right now. Mm. So if you really look at him as a, you know, as a businessman and how much money he's actually made, he's he's probably lost more money than he's gained. Than he's gained. You know what I'm saying? So what he did was he made his dad's huge fortune and huge um, real estate empire into a much smaller one where he just puts his name on other people's businesses and kind of licenses his name out. And unfortunately, he um, sold his dad's business like the fucking... Yeah, they sold it. Yeah, him and his, his siblings sold the business and it was saying in here that uh, that uh, his father hoped to have that building in the Trump's name, uh, you know, for, you know, for centuries and centuries and so forth. Um, but just kind of going through. So I know I didn't get to read through the entire uh, this entire New York Times op ed, which is but just like the amount that I read, you can just see the wealth and the uh, the affluence that 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 he has that. Anything that he does, and you can even see it now and today, like with everything that he's been doing, that we can see exactly, um, you know, how the how the rich can continue to stay rich. Like Pharaoh, um, I know that you didn't um, get to read, actually get to read this, but just speaking of, like, I would say wealthy, uh, wealthy, um, I would say even just white men or wealthy people in general, right? With um, and especially like Brett Kavanaugh. Um, living in Bethesda, Maryland, right? <laughs> living in Bethesda, Maryland, going um going to these uh these these private schools that have at this point in time today have nine whole golf courses on it, right? They are now, you know, in these major areas, these major sectors. Do you believe that they have been, you know, taught to to um not value the working man's um you know uh, thought process and and in his opinion do you believe no oh, i think we may have lost pharaoh but uh Hold on. oh no you broke you. up you broke up sorry Say the latter part what's your question so i was i was i you was giving me an example but i don't think i actually heard the question yeah so what i was asking is that do you believe that with these uh affluent you know men these affluent people who who are making millions of dollars who have um you know grown up rich do you believe that they have now that they're in these these particular um uh roles of power right and, and and overseeing everybody donald trump of course is the president of the united states seeing uh, and overseeing and supposed to be working for the people right and brett kavanaugh is supposed to be working for the most part for the people and for the courts but you know to make things just but do you believe that they would value the working man's opinion if they grew up this rich no why would they 
They think the working man's a peasant to so, go fetch their shine their shoes. And it's so crazy though that they're in these like Esther that they're in these particular roles. Uh, that they want to go to these roles. Yes, they make all the money, but if they don't have, I mean, yeah, this is probably my like wishful thinking. But if if they if they are growing up this rich, how can they ever be in a a a, a role that you have to at least see, you know the you know the common man you for actually, the common man? You've actually just hit there the nail on the head of what's wrong with most leadership, mm. especially leadership based on wealth. And especially advancement in government based on wealth, too. Mm. Wealthy people's children are the worst human beings to rule over other human beings. For the sole fact that they don't understand suffering, hunger, all those things that really round out a human being to be a great leader. So it's just one of the conundrums of human civilization. And it's and it's sad though. Like Essa, what do you have to say about that in regards to you know these rich, affluent people who are in the who who decide to let me be a lawyer and let me do this and and you know and and have to almost represent the common man. But how can they even represent the common man and woman if they are growing up in these affluent, um, in these affluent you know uh, environments where they don't they're they're you know spoon fed you know with you know forks and spoons of gold you know um i think the biggest problem especially in america is that there's the belief that all of this is based on merit that the reason that they're rich is because of their merit they worked Mm. hard and they got there if you look at a lot of the aristocracies of the past i mean they were aristocrats and they fought to remain rich and wealthy but they also understood that the reason they were there is because they were part of a wealthy well-off family yeah and that's why they were there. Um, in America, it seems like people like Brett Kavanaugh and Trump have to make up these stories about themselves where they worked so, so, so hard to get to where they were. <laughs> and it wasn't, and that the yep. reason that they there is because of that hard work and not because they grew up real rich and wealthy and that their parents gave them all this privilege and that this privilege led to them being wealthy. Yeah. Um, so you get, you know, a bunch of people who get up there and they're like, oh, so they try to get rid of all this, you know, government assistance and all these kind of things that would actually help majority of Americans. Yeah. And if you look at the majority of white Americans, the majority of them are poor, um, but they can't believe that they are not part of this aristocracy that's sitting in government right now. So mm. they have to run around with them, right? They want to be next to Trump, right? Because they yeah, feel yeah. like they're Trump. Yeah. Even though, really, they should be marching with King. You know, like, that's why King had that conversation with the Jair guard. Like, mm. oh my God, like, you can't eat? Like, you need to be marching with me. Exactly. Like, I'm trying to help you out. Exactly. So I think that explains so much of the problem within our body politic at this moment where you have a very detached group that somehow is pulling the majority of the other groups uh, a group that's not a part of them, a majority of their vote, just by playing them for fools, saying, oh, you can you can be rich like me because I just worked hard. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, oh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get gay people in your bathroom. Like, isn't that scary? Vote yeah. for me so I can repeal taxes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this crazy yeah. stuff like that. Like, if you really look at the disconnect within Washington and our politics and the people, you you get it right out of that that aristocracy that's starting to form at the top of our our um our country exactly uh and just kind of going back into um you know this article in the new york uh, new york times uh they were saying that trump uh you know his his father fred trump paid donald trump so just as we were saying as you were as um Estat was saying that they were they feel like as though they work so hard right mm-hmm. but they were saying that fred trump uh basically gave um Donald Trump distribution and consulting fees uh, also p- paid him uh, paid Donald Trump or his son uh, paid Trump to manage his buildings uh, through Fred Trump's employees handled day to day management. He also pocketed what tenants paid to rent air conditioners by 1975. Donald Trump's take from the building was today's equivalent of nearly three hundred and five thousand uh, dollars. I think that's the one thing you have to keep yep. adding in this is that this is all illegal. This is all so, illegal. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's not like these were just creative ways of and you'd be like, oh, you just root for the guy. No, like this is like me selling crack oh. and making my money. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like okay. they, they're doing illegal stuff. Other people do illegal stuff to make their money. And yeah. if you if you champion him, you have to champion your local drug dealer. I, you better tell him, Esther. You better tell him. Uh, so just kind of going further, and I mean, I don't even want to continue to keep going on this, but it just you can just see right that. 
Donald Trump is is the fraud that is the fraud that people did, like for the most part thought he was. However, we couldn't prove it, right? This New York Times article clearly states that Donald Trump did not get, you know, a million dollars, just a million dollars from from his father. But do you but Pharaoh, do you think that this will now do you think that this will even change anything in his base, right? I mean, granted his base is not reading the New York Times. The New York Times. So there so it's not gonna change media. it. But just for what about if we say for the person who decided Has anything answer yeah. this. Has anything changed his base? Has anything changed the base? No, that's true. I don't know why you think this is significant yeah. compared to everything else that came out. Yeah. How is this even this really? Yeah. Is this the most shocking thing about Donald Trump you've heard to date? I mean everything is just shocking. I don't think anything is Okay, is more, but is this yeah. the most shocking? I mean it's just shocking. But it's not, the it's probably not the most shocking. It may not be the most then shocking. Then guess what? We'll probably not be talking about it in three weeks. I mean that's true, or even in a week. But I think that I think that it does have value in that um any any political party has to win through winning over undecided voters. And there are a lot of people who voted for Trump just off of like, oh, yeah, no, I think he's like a rich guy. Like, I think whatever, whatever. And I think that over the past two years, his, you know, his clothes has been removed. Like, he's now mm, like the, the emperor with no, with no clothes. Yep. And you can win over the, the diehard Trump voter, right? That 30% that's not leaving him. For, for nothing but it's always like the the couple of moderates like you're you're going after like the susan collins voter right the person who really thinks that they're fair and balanced and they're just looking at the facts mm. like you know even though like they're just extremely naive and they don't know what the hell they're doing but like the people who really feel like they're that way these type of articles and these types of stories and these types of things that come out they sway those minds and if you look at how many votes you really needed to defeat trump 30,000 Pennsylvania, 30,000 really Michigan. Much. It's it really not a much. lot. Yeah. So like things like this can shift the demographic enough to to pull off a win in some places where it may not have. I almost want to call this podcast like do your best to vote like for your that you know for interests or for your own interests. <laughs> interests like vote for things that align with your interests and not against it because how are we voting? How did we vote? How did most people vote this guy? Well, because they didn't know. But my question That's is, how did they though, vote like, him in? And- I, I, the way I think about it is like how like James Madison thought about it, where he did not trust the public to vote because he thought they would vote stupidly. And you see what goes on now. I mean, he was right. Like, he like wasn't you know wrong. what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't don't wrong. don't know how to vote. Like, they're just not informed enough. They're yeah. not smart enough. You're supposed to have people who are smart you know, picking leaders and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of ways that can go wrong, but obviously right now it's not going much better. <laughs> yeah. And I believe, but that's why I say, said to Pharaoh earlier too, I believe that with everything that's going on now that this is kind of waking people up. Right. And I believe that, um, you know, people are looking, you know, these, I want, I want to know, I used air quotations when you said waking people up. I know. Right. Air quotations. I make sure to, <laughs> to do that. But I do believe that certain certain that more people are becoming woke in terms of like politics and getting to know their local governments and everything. Um, and I mean, I just, I, I, as as that said, like we have what less than a month or about a month before the yeah. midterms reach here um, in November, so we really do hope that everybody decides to vote, and um, hopefully we can you know at least make a change, at least see a change someplace. I I mean I, you know, things may not happen and things can happen, you know, and I I probably want to continue to be the uh, the optimistic, continue to be the the liberal, you know, like continue to give everybody liberal wet dreams because. You know, that's the only thing. <laughs> Hopefully, we're, we're, we're squirting on November 8th. <laughs> Not squirt. I hope that we're over here tsunami in these motherfuckers, right? All right, so let's go ahead and end this. Farrell, you have a... you have a. Uh, do you have a gold star point? Are you sending anybody to the great fields today? My gold star point this week was just to be mindful of your social cues. Like... Just be mindful that other people have things going on in their life and that whatever they're happy or upset about may not necessarily have to deal with you, but it could also deal with something going on more personal. So use those as an opportunity to grow and develop your abilities to just, you know, love a little more. Have you seen have you seen that in regard are you are you like kind of relating that to like today's environment? Or are you speaking of that personally? Today's environment, bro. Okay. 
Amen. I just think I we're in the, the last times. I might as well preach about the light. That was deep. That's true. That is true. Ask that what you think. Are you sending anybody um, to the great fields? I almost died I mean, earlier today. Goodness gracious. Uh, I think everybody kind of knows my opinions on Susan Collins, so I'll leave that one alone. Mm. But um, I would say, like, if I had a gold star point, I just think that um, positivity is a true force of, of nature within yeah. one's life. And I think that you, you see it very easily with people who can spawn the negative in everything. Mm. Um, and, you know, like... Stay away from those people. Yeah, yeah. I think that just having a positive outlook on things in general can make your life so much more happier just because you control your own happiness. Yeah. It really is a mental state and you can find the good in anything and that'll just make your life much better than running around trying to find the negative in it, what everybody's doing, what everybody else is doing and stuff like that. So positivity, it's a real thing. Uh, you know, try to keep it up. Gold star point for me is just wake up, just wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up with some purpose uh, literally, um, figuratively, all that good stuff. Just wake up because we just going to see that this world is, is this life that we have is really not just the, you know, watching TV and, and watching, um, these reality TV shows and so forth. Like you're supposed to do something. And I really do hope that all of the voters, all of the um, listeners and even their friends and everybody, their friends, their friends, their families and everything, they are voting, uh, you know, come this November uh, because we need everybody to wake up. I mean, we're seeing exactly what's happening. The Supreme Court, just as Pharaoh said, I mean, that's taken. Like th these are lifetime appointments. So unless, you know, they're going to be dropping like flies. I mean, that's not going to happen. So the oldest um, RBG, she is how old right now? Ruth, Ruth like she's 83, like 80 something, something, you know, and she's going to the gym. <laughs> Let's say, so she's waking up with purpose. So she knows. Um, but yeah, so that's my gold star point. Again, to our listeners, this is the Get Up Podcast. As we always say, get up, get out, get something. Boom. Cut.